0: very powerful to be back here after so many weeks away and so powerful for me personally to be back after the first trip that Ramamu took to the land of Israel collectively as a community for a week Romamu and its sister community Chazon with our dear friend and board member Nigel Savage and his community along with the IJKL the Institute for Jewish Knowledge and Learning we visited Israel from north to south beginning our trip in Tzfat, in the holy city in the north of Israel, making our way for a few days to Jerusalem, and then finally to the Negev, to Mitzpah Ramon, to the beautiful desert. And along the way we visited with various partners, organizations, communities that were aligned with our shared mission. We wanted decidedly for the trip not to be cookie cutter. We didn't want it to be a tour of the best spots and hot spots that Israel has to offer. The kind of thing that I saw when I was 13 and went on my bar mitzvah trip with my parents, trekking up Masada to do the Masada trip, and every other touch point of tourist life in Israel. We wanted it to be an inner landscape, not a promotional video we wanted to see what it was really like on the ground living in a land that is at once the most sacred and holy place for at least three traditions and at the very same time a point of tremendous conflict and pain, bloodshed and enmity and so there we were trekking through and meeting remarkable human beings doing great work and all of them each and every one of them had one remarkable feature they all had different features and all had different qualities and different work and different proclivities and propensities and all of the other synonyms that I can think of but they had all of those things but the one thing that united all of them together was an ability to hold tension exquisitely the ability to hold narratives that were conflictual pain that was unbearable histories that were irreconcilable and they held it like the heart with many chambers with many rooms the ability to hold the span from the holy to the horrible they had it they didn't flinch they didn't scratch the itch to hold tightly onto one particular mode or modality or story. They held them all. Like the country that seems to hold everything in it, although it's smaller than New Jersey. And so we got a flavor in the span of a couple of hours of that very tension, that expression of existential maturity. The ability to hold those things together in one place. And not only did it show up in the people and the personalities but of course in the topography of the land. Within one moment we were in the desert and the very next moment we were in a completely different climate and it was all happening and you had to it's like oh, there you go. There it is. There it is. Spanning the globe. Spanning that space. So that experience for me personally and my own personal struggle with a tension between holding on and letting go between possessing and releasing that's another tension that I felt so strongly there and I feel it in myself, I don't know if you guys know that tension in your lives in any way shape or form I think most of us have a better quality of holding on than letting go I think if you were to ask your average person on the street, and maybe in the shul, are you better at possessing or releasing, you might have an interesting poll, an interesting show of hands. And the two of them obviously go hand in hand. They go together. And in a very profound way, the Torah tomorrow morning here in the United States, at least in our reading, will highlight the significance of one aspect of that tension between holding on and letting go. But first, a word from our sponsors. Did you know that one of the most remarkable phrases in Torah that I've spoken about here in the shul a number of years, one of the most remarkable phrases that is not in the Torah, excuse me, in the Sifra, in an early rabbinic commentary, a rhetorical question that finds its way into this week's Torah reading tomorrow morning, also finds its way into your common Hebrew parlance. One of the only such phrases that we know of. And it goes something like this: Ma inyan shmita. Say that. Ma inyan shmita. Eitzel Har Sinai. It literally means, "What does Shemitah have to do with Mount Sinai?" So shmita, of course, is the sabbatical year. The Torah commands us in this week's Torah reading that every seventh year we are to leave the land fallow. You are not allowed to work your field. You have to let it rest. And not only do you let it rest, but anyone and anyone and any animal can actually partake of that field. The field is wildly open. It's just fields everywhere. You are not allowed to harvest. You are not allowed to sow. Nothing is done with the field. The sabbatical year is called Shemitah. One more time. Shemitah. Shemitah, the sabbatical year literally means release. The word in Hebrew, Shemitah, means to let it go. Shamot means let it go with a tet. The phrase, what does Shemitah have to do with Har Sinai, is simple. The Torah portion that introduces the laws of laying your fields lie fallow, begins with telling us where the laws are given, unlike any other place in the Torah. Adonai behar Sinai And God spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai, saying, and then these are the laws of Shemitah, of sabbatical year. The Sifra says, what is Shemitah? What is unique about Shemitah that it deserves the mention of Mount Sinai? And in modern Hebrew, if you want to say to somebody, what does one thing have to do with another? What does apples have to do with oranges? What are you talking about? You say, if you're like me and you have an Orthodox background maybe, What does Shemitah have to do with Harsinai? But for many, that rhetorical question is actually a rhetorical... It's not a rhetorical question. It's an inquiry. Instead of what does it have to do with it, it's how does Mount Sinai and the giving of Torah and the rules of releasing the field... How are they reconciled? How does one reconcile the power of Sinai, the abstract divine revelation that has to do with ethics and morality, and a light show like none that had ever been seen? A trip, if you will. A trip into an altered state of divine revelation. What does that Torah have to do with the Torah of release? What is the Torah of obligation and of possession? Torah is our possession. Morasha, Yaakov. What does that have to do with the Torah of Shemitah, of letting go? And so, I find myself tonight thinking, of course, agriculturally, Shemitah is a valuable principle. Of course, in terms of the renewal of Shemitah in Israel and the renewal of All of it is beautiful. But on my heart level, I ask myself, what does Shemitah mean to this heart? To your heart? What does Mount Sinai have to do with Shemitah? And what does Shemitah have to do with you? So I want to say tonight that just as there's a Torah of possession, there's a Torah of inheritance, there's a Torah of our own story, our own narrative there is a Torah of our own release and the deeper intelligence of Shemitah of the notion that land must lie fallow is this, is that we don't own the land ultimately just as we don't even own this I that speaks to you this story, this persona this possession that I am self-possessed as they say, you are self-possessed young man this ego, these opinions, these ideas, these perspectives, these angles, these certainties and certitudes. What I saw in the land of Israel were people who stood on the margin of their own certainty and released. They stood outside of their own absolute possession of the truth, of the possession of the Bible, the Torah, the story, the narrative, the Dharma the I know they shemitahed their own perspective in order to enter into a space that was wild and unknown and unworked when the Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree and he fought with all of the demons in order to become enlightened he shemitahed when we sit across from someone whose perspective is unlike our own and we stand there and the field that we share is divided between my own and your own and we say Shemitah time we enter into who knows amidst all of the swirling unknowns now that are so poisonous people whom we thought were one way and they turn out to be another way another form of Mount Sinai and Shemitah not meeting people whose integrity of Mount Sinai doesn't meet their lived experience, who can't walk the talk of Sinai in their life. We have this positive valence of Shemitah, which is, what would it be like if we could release well? If we could say goodbye well? If we could thank the six years of toil and then say ultimately this field does not belong to me thank you for what you have given me and for this year I will remember that it is not mine I don't own it it's a gift so there we were sitting in Gush Etzion over the green line in what is called the disputed territories or depending on how politically you want to nuance your conversation we were in Palestinian land Jewish land, Judea, Samaria, West Bank Gush Etzion and we were sitting together and listening to an American who is a farmer who has an organization that does work together with Palestinian villagers around and he sat with us and he said here's the biggest insight about Shemitah that I can offer you said this, this amazing Jewish farmer We are never allowed, nor can we ever make a blessing into a commodity. We are not allowed, nor are we ever able to make a blessing into a commodity. And all of life is a blessing. All of life is a blessing. And the way that you show that truth is that you release. Thank you. What does Sinai have to do with Shemitah? It seems to me that it is everything. The Torah of Sinai without the Torah of Shemitah is not a complete Torah. The Torah of Sinai and the obligations of Sinai and the revelation at Sinai without the power to also let go and to lay fallow, to release is not complete. Saying goodbye is not easy ever, not owning is not our way, but I learned a lot over this trip about what it is to thank God for blessings that we have received and then to say thank you as we release it. Some of you might know that um, over the past four and a half years, um, we as a community have been blessed to receive the blessings, the gifts, I myself uh, have been so honored to be standing here at this bima. Many, many Friday nights, too many to maybe count, and many, many high holidays, um with the teachings and the words and the way of Rabbi Jessica Kate Meyer uh, who came to us four and a half years ago. We have all been the beneficiaries of such an incredibly talented and gifted uh, rabbi, teacher, and uh, prayer leader. And we are so thankful for your presence with us. Even as we stand tonight, one week from receiving Torah at Sinai, we are reminded that, in a way, we also need the Torah of letting go and releasing. And even so, it's not easy. We know that in the years to come, we will miss uh, Rabbi Jessica's presence here uh, on the bima. But we are so thrilled as a community that Rabbi Jessica is moving on to, uh, to become a Rabbi Cantor in San Francisco with a community called The Kitchen, a sister community of ours. It is not, um, not around the corner. And it might take a little bit of effort for us to get there, but we are so uh, proud and we are so privileged that we know that you will be there uh, bringing your Torah and your service and I personally take great... I am um, just feel really blessed that when that incredible farmer said, a blessing can never become a commodity, I remembered that, um, that all of the teachers who come through my life and all the teachers who come through this community are gifts from the Holy One and blessings for us. And so as hard as it is to let go we um we we remember all of the gifts that you shared with us, and we thank you for them. I want to um I want to ask you tonight when you go home, as you remember that there was a sermon tonight at some point, after the first or second glass of wine. I want you to turn to a friend and ask what the Torah of release might feel like for you in your life right now. What does release mean? What needs to be released? What gifts are being held as a possession or commodity that you might say thank you for and then let go of? I offer prayer tonight that in a world That for many of us constantly feels like we can't find our footing. A place where instability seems to be the new normal, the new stable. That something in us remembers the great truth of Sinai, which is the exalted heights of knowing, of remembering. And that something in us also remembers the profound lesson of Release of letting go and that we find a way to toggle the two of them together in the dance that is being and doing that is life itself I pray that for myself, for my family for all of you here tonight and for all of those who are listening and wherever they might be and I want to lastly say to my dear friend Eden we love you